Is the man who says that he owns Twitter. <laughs> you like that. I love that. <laughs> you make me so happy. Pete Prisco, CBS Sports. Thank you for taking time. How are you guys? Good. Always better when you're around. I own Twitter. You, you know? own Twitter. You know what that is? That's for all the people that I block. <laughs> you know, I, blo- I block so many people. I have a stick now. It's become, I send out two words. I'll make a crack and say, see ya. I actually had a, a reverend got on me <gasps> one day and and I tweeted back at him and I said Reverend I know you're not getting anything in the collection plate this week I said but I know what you are getting a block see ya and wow. I blocked him I blocked the reverend can you say that to a reverend oh, sure I you guess can. so sure you can he came at me so I came right back at him <laughs> he doesn't even take it off a minister <laughs> hey I was in line in Fort Lauderdale flying up here and uh, a rabbi tried to cut the line and I I Got him back on the way. I don't care. You know, man of the cloth, not man of the cloth, whatever you are. <laughs> you got to have a number. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> you can't cut. Be courteous. You can't cut. Right? That's rude. All right, so what's the story of this offseason in the NFL? What's grabbing Pete Prisco right now? What is the story? Boy, just right off the bat. Antonio Brown? I mean, the Steelers mess because you got to throw because in. Because it's not the Steelers. You gotta throw it in never happens to them. Le'Veon right. Bell in there. Right. you got to throw in Antonio Brown. you got to throw in the complaints about Roethlisberger. Somebody's ultimately responsible for all of it, so gotta, some of that goes to Mike Tomlin. I mean, it's been a mess. You're right. It doesn't happen to the Steelers. No. That doesn't no, happen never. to the Steelers. And it's not a good look. They went from a team in January of 2018 playing a playoff game with those three on the field. When they kick it off, they're not going to have it, two of them. That's pretty pretty incredible when you think about it. I, and I think going even further, they were seven two and one in total control of that division, and then didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, it's, it's look, it's a bad situation. I, I'd get rid of Antonio Brown. I think they're doing the right thing. He was he didn't show up. Think about it. He went AWOL for a game. If you're on that team, you don't want him around. So the question becomes, what do you get for him? I think they're going to end up getting a three for him. I don't think they're going to get anything more than that. He's 31 years old this summer. His yards per catch went from 15 down to 12 something. I think 12.5 or something. That's a big drop. Right. Uh, so I'm concerned about that. And he wants more money. You, you and he quit. So oh by the way, you want to give up a first round pick for him? I wouldn't do that. A three. I give up a three. Who gives up a three? That's a good question. I I think if. The Colts should give up the three. See? See? We talked See? about that, yeah. I, I've been pushing the Colts because you have to go to a team where the quarterback is established. And they have two twos. Right. And the quarterback is established, right? Yes. He's got to be able to handle him. Andrew Luck could handle him. But he can't go to the Jets because Sam Darnold's not ready to handle him yet. He can't go to Buffalo because Josh Allen's not ready to handle him yet. We wonder if Garoppolo could handle him yet. We don't know. You know Andrew Luck can handle them, and they need another weapon to go with them. Think about their weapons. They got T.Y. Hilton, not a lot else. You but know? don't you I, – I, the Steelers don't care, but San Francisco is a place he wants to go, or he acts like he wants to go. They act – I mean, there's some feeling, I guess the players act like they want him. I don't know what the interest is on the other end. But, I mean, going somewhere – if I'm a team, I, I think I want to make sure he wants to play for me. Because you're looking at well, because he wants more money too. Well, so that's it. Yeah, you know, he's squawking about guaranteed money. Uh, and, yeah, uh, so uh, you, you, know, you trade for him and you pay him. 
that's a risky proposition yeah. for a guy at that age. So I think the market's going to be a lot softer for him than he thinks it's going to be and the Steelers think it's going to be. But I also think it's going to be a lot softer for Le'Veon Bell. I don't think he's coming close to getting the money he left on the table. Wow. I think you're probably right because the trouble with it right now is at this point everybody is jumping back from running backs. They're saying – Let's see what's in free agency because you can always thrift store shop for a running back in three in free agency, and you can do it in the draft too. There's so many players, and you've said it consistently. I credit you every time. It's day three. It's day three of the draft because you can find that guy who's the difference. Alvin Kamara was a third-round pick. Kareem Hunt was a third-round pick before his misstep. Right. Um, and, and so you look at the Rams – C.J. Anderson in the postseason was every bit as good as Todd Gurley. Now, there's some issue as to what was wrong with Todd Gurley. I've heard it was mental, but people still insist that his knee isn't right all the way back. But whatever the case, C.J. Anderson was every bit as effective as he was. They picked him up off the scrap heap. So I I think you can find a running back, which is why I don't think Bell's going to get the contract he thinks he's getting. Is there someone in free agency who is not a former Steeler that you're excited about watching play out? Well, I think defensively these guys are all going to get tagged. I, I would love to see some of them hit the market, but I think Demarcus Lawrence is going to get tagged. I think Frank Clark's going to get tagged. Uh, you know, a couple of the other players. Clowney. Clowney. They're all going to get tagged. So that takes those guys off the market. The problem is the offensive class isn't great on either side of the ball. But one guy that I am intrigued by is Tyrell Williams, the wide receiver. That's my guy. From the Chargers. <laughs> the Chargers guy. And if I were the Titans, I would look at him. But he's going to be expensive. He's going to get and, – and talking to people here, and the personnel people and GMs, they all think he's going to be very expensive. See, I like him because he's a deep ball threat. He makes things happen. He has good size. He's, he's 26. A, he's a younger he just turned, guy. He just turned 27 last week. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I like his size. I like his power. I don't think he's used up. And he averaged he's averaged over 15 yards per catch in his career. He had seven touchdowns, I think, last year on 40-something catches. He's a productive player. And when Keenan Allen was out, he put up big numbers there. So I think he's one of those. I always Tom Coughlin told me this a long time ago. He said, when you look at free agency, always look for the 26-year-old, 27-year-old, because those are the guys going that way, not going that way. But you're going to have to pay over retail for him. Of course. But, you know, there's a lot of slot receivers in this market, too. If you look. I think he's going to get paid. I, I think he's a, sl- yeah. he's a sneaky one. I think Crowder's a little sneaky one in Washington. I think um, uh, uh, Beasley's going to be get some play on he's the market. Going back to Dallas. Tate. Tate's going to get some play on the market. Uh, so I think there's going to be some slot slot receivers available. So if you want an outside receiver, you're going to bid against everybody who does for Tyrell Williams. Man. What interests you in the draft? Who interests you in the draft? Well, Kyler Murray interests everybody. Ah. And I have a hard time wrapping my mind around a five foot nine quarterback. I really do. It, it, it's something for me that I don't believe in. I've never believed in. But you know what? I like watching this tape. I'm intrigued by him, and i got to do more work on him, but I am intrigued by him. The kid can make the throws. He wasn't asked to go through a lot of progressions at Oklahoma. He played, you know, and I hear all these stats where he only had five passes batted down. He played behind a good offensive line, you know, where Daniel Jones had a bunch of passes knocked down to Duke. He had a bad offensive line. He played Clemson. Clemson's defensive line has four guys. Three of them are going to be, in, you know, first-round picks possibly. So I, I think you got to, you know, those stats can be construed a little bit, whatever way you want to take them. But I, I am intrigued by him. I probably, as a, if I was a general manager, I don't know that I would stake my career to a five foot nine, hundred ninety pound quarterback, but I am intrigued by him. 
What does he need to do at the combine to increase his stock other than grow a couple inches? Yeah, I don't, and I don't <laughs> know if he, well, you know, they do make your hands grow at the combine. You know that, don't you? Yeah. Like Drew Locke's hand at Mobile was nine. Nine. And he will measure nine and a quarter here. You watch. Because what they do is they go through these, there's techniques for the quarterbacks to learn how to stretch their hand and Sam Darnold did it last year, and they make their hand bigger so they measure better. But that was Whoa. part of the – and I, I know bringing up Russell Wilson around you is, is – No, I've come off – I actually, he was on our set. You gave some love to Russell Wilson I did. Wilson he was on our set year. at the Super Bowl, yes. and I sat down. And I said, look, i got to eat some crow on you. You've, you've proved me wrong. But part of the – the appeal of him, even though he's five ten and three quarters, is he has a massive uh, ten and ten and a half. I huge. think there, yeah. And Holy and smokes. he and he throws over the top, and so a lot of you know that was something that a lot of people thought. Okay, well that you know that gives him a chance to play taller, and maybe Murray. Murray, there's some concern about Murray's hand size yeah. being small, so it'll be interesting. I, he's got to convince people too when he sits with them that he can be. That guy, right? Because he came. You saw the interviews at the Super Bowl. He came across poorly. Oh, I yeah. for whatever reason. And I hear he's not an alpha dog. And you want your quarterback kind of to be an alpha dog. Now you guys have a quarterback who's not really an alpha dog, and it kind of works. So sometimes you can get away from that. But I think the, most of the time you want that guy. Like, I'll give you an example. When I, I I saw Drew Lock in Mobile, I said something about his hands, and I said, you know, you're gonna, your hands are going to become a story. You know that, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I know, I get it, I get it. And as he's walking away, he turned back to me and he went, Dan Marino had small hands. That's, nice. That's a yeah. swagger. That's, nice. yeah. That's a swagger. That's yeah. a cocky, swagger, arrogant kid who plays the quarterback position. I want to see more of that from Kyler Murray. I want him to walk in and say, I'm going to own this league. I don't care how tall I am. Do you like Daniel Jones from Duke? I do. I do. I don't love him, but I do like him. Again, took a beating at Duke, played behind a bad offensive line, had some injuries. He you know, came back from the injury in a couple weeks, which tells you something about the kid. Uh, and he's been tutored by Cutcliffe, and Cutcliffe is one of the best. He, he has a little Eli Manning about him. And, you know, people will kill you for Eli Manning and say he's not very good. Guy won two Super Bowls, uh, and up until Brady did, he was the only quarterback who came from behind in the fourth quarter in two Super Bowls to win. So, for me, I do like Daniel Jones. I, I think it'll be Haskins will go first, then probably Murray, then Locke. And then probably Jones. I think they'll, and I don't know if Jones will go at the end of the first round. Somebody might go back in and try and get him, uh, or if he goes in the second round. Amy's a Missouri Tiger, so she loves Drew Locke. That's true. And but here, here's my only question with Haskins and why I might like Locke over Haskins. I know Haskins is six three, two thirty through fifty touchdown passes. His team, he started one year. His team was considerably better than everybody they played all year. Now, to his credit, they won every game but one. I've never seen him when he played on the lesser team or an equal team. It's true, and he only played the one year. Right. Uh, Murray only played one year, too. True. So, so you, you know, I, I, if you ping him, you got to ping both of them for that. Agreed. Uh, I do like Locke, and, and I like the way he throws the football. And, and he had some bad teams at Missouri, as you know. And, I mean, like he went to Florida last year and, and, and threw the ball around and looked good. And, and for me, you know, he learned a new offense last year, too. That was this, When you play, go into your year and you've got to learn another offense, that's tough on a kid. He kind of took a, a slow approach to it, and he adapted to it as the season moved along. I like him, too. Dooley did a good job with him. Yes. I, I think Derek Dooley is a good coach. I think Derek Dooley did a good job with him. And, and you know, Denver's rumored to like him a lot. And, you know, Elway likes the, the quarterback who can stand in there and make the throws. So it'll be interesting if they pull the trigger on that 
where they're at once now that they signed Joe Flacco. It'll be interesting to see what they do there. How interested are you to see how things change based on free agency? You just listed off the guys that you think are going to go first. How big of an impact is free agency going to have on that? It's, that's a very good question because we get asked to do these mock drafts every two weeks. And I just always go, oh, how can we know? I mean, I'll give you an example. And Jacksonville, in your division, what are they going to do at number seven? Well, if they sign Nick Foles, they're not going to draft a quarterback no matter what, right? You would, you would think. think. I mean, they still could, but it just depends on that contract. If it's a you know three-year deal for $55 million or something, they're not going to sign a quarter, draft a quarterback because you've got to get pieces around them. So it's hard to do these mock drafts until you know where guys are slotted in in free agency and you know who's going to go where and, and – and, who fills a hole that you don't have to fill in the draft? So that it is. It's tough to get a gauge on the draft until you understand who's going where in free agency. What do you think about these guys who've had off-the-field issues, trouble with the law, who are not allowed to be brought to the combine for full viewing, if you will? And, and they ended up rescinding some of that and letting them come for medical and What's Pete Prisco? That's think about? just dumb. I mean, dumb. if you're going to draft them into the league, they should be able to come to the combine. It's okay to draft them into your league, but you can't let them go to the combine. Who's that hurting? All that hurts is them is, is themselves. They can't get the, the full evaluation the clubs, for it, right? Yeah. So I mean, that's a bad rule. They'll change that eventually. You think so? Yeah, I do. What about the Simmons kid from Mississippi Ooh, State? We, if he hadn't got hurt, oh. he might have been a top ten pick, top five pick. So you probably have a chance to get him back. Thanksgiving somewhere in there from the knee. He obviously has the off the field thing. Do you think Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State still goes in the first round? Yes, and it, and, and you know it'd be it, this would be a great pick. The New England Patriots pick him at thirty-two. Typical. <laughs> they can wait. They got the good team. He's back. By the time they make their playoff push next year, he's in the rotation. Have you of seen the what they've got too? It's in terms of picks. They got a ton of them. It, this is hilarious. I mean, it just you see this every year, and you think it's all completely stacked against you. They have 32, 56, 64, 73, 97, and 101. So they have six in the first 101. And then they have 134, 205, 239, 243, 246, 252. And, and I mean, those guys probably aren't going to make the team, but he'll find in those last four picks – He'll find somebody. Well, it's just like yeah. the Jones kid that ended up playing at the end of the year corner. He yes. was a he was a, a scratch early in the season, and by the end of the season, they got him ready to become a, a contributor. That's what he does. And, it's amazing. And you know, some people around the league think Belichick actually has more fun now with the off season slash draft process than he does coaching. That's how much he loves this. He loves the draft process. Two ninety two and one thirty four. Can you make a case? that he's the greatest coach in NFL history. Oh, he is the greatest coach in NFL history. He is. He is. Definitive. Definitive. He's the man who de- owns Twitter says. He's def- not debating No, with he's you. the greatest coach in NFL How history. How do you make that? Just to, okay. okay. Let's, we've got the, the Lombardis, the Hallis, Lambeau, Paul Brown, all of the Walsh, Landry, all of these figures. How does, in Pete Prisco's mind, does Bill Belichick separate himself? Because he's winning titles in an era of free agency. He's doing it over the course of 18, 19 years with the only constant being him and Brady. Those are the only two constants. Everybody else, the Steelers, Chuck Noll kept everybody. The Packers kept everybody. Right. They didn't have free agency. The Browns, the Dynasty Browns, the Paul Brown, they kept everybody. This guy does it with 
to players turning over over and over again. That's why he's the greatest coach. Yeah, there's some people, when I say the same thing, they look at me like I have six heads. And I said, I'm telling you, I'm not meaning to demean those men and, and the innovation and no. what they did. But this is – we are seeing history. And you don't have to like them. You don't – and I know everybody's getting, you know, a chuckle at what's happening to the owner right now. I get it. But you have to respect what's happening. No question about it. And, look, you can – everybody gets Patriot fatigue. Sure. Yes. But at some point you've got to step back and realize what we're watching here and respect it. It's unbelievable what they – and every year or every couple of years they bury them. They're done. They buried him last year. Jacksonville blew him out, beat him in, in Jacksonville. They buried him. They're done. And I said, watch what they do to get ready for December and then January and, and watch what they do to win, get in the Super Bowl. And that's what they do every year. Well, and I think what's really impressive is they left our place after week 10 and that, or week 11. Titans took them apart. Yep. Titans I mean, schooled them. It was I mean, great. took them to school like you wouldn't believe it. And you said, this is not as good a team. And they didn't play out the regular season well. I think this one was almost more of a credit to Brady and Belichick because they are not head and shoulders above everybody. This was Belichick's best coaching job, in my mind. Some people will say the first one was. I think this one was. I, I, that team was a mess. It was a mess. And you guys saw it firsthand, but it was just a mess all the way around. Who was going to play in the secondary? They had issues over there. Who was going to become the guys up front? They rotate so many guys up front. And by the end, and then they had to fight through the end. They lost Gordon. Yeah, they did. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they couldn't stretch the field early, and they still couldn't stretch the field when he was gone. Gronk was a shell of himself for most of the season. This was his best coaching. Well, day. it was funny, too, because what really impressed me about them on the day the Titans beat him up was he shut it down with seven minutes to go. He took Brady out of the game. So they, the game ends. They were out of there faster than any team I'd ever seen leave the stadium. And I don't think it's because they were bitter or he was – I just think he said, oh, bad day, we're all, this is one game, yep. we're on to Cincinnati, so to speak. That on to Cincinnati attitude that he has about, yeah, okay, we lost a ball game, this is not it, this doesn't break us, this doesn't mm-hmm. make the Titans, it's one game. And, and that's the greatness of him. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even a half, he can do that in a half. Yeah. If he has a bad half, he regroups and he comes back, and he, that's that's the greatness of Bill Belichick. That's pro right. football at its best. Yep. That's that's why he's the best. But what's interesting to me is that there are so many people from his staff or people who he's touched who have not been able to have that same success. There because haven't been a ton of people who have emulated what he has been able to do. And here's the problem: they all try to be him. Mm-hmm. Be who you are. They all go there. They adapt. I already hear Brian Flores is telling his, his assistant coaches, if I catch you talking to people, you're in trouble. It's the same thing. And, and I go back to a guy off back when Coughlin staff, Kevin Gilbride, became the head coach of the Chargers, and he tried to be Tom. That's not who he was. They all try to be exactly like him. Matt Patricia's trying to be him. You can't be him. There's only one Bill Belichick. So be who you are, and that's why they don't don't succeed. You know, it's funny, though, in our situation with Vrabel, and, of course, Vrabel's not a former assistant. He's a former player. He is totally not trying to be him. Correct. He, he, is, he is Mike Vrabel. Right. Now, there are some things that the Titans do that you can see Patriot influence, but he does not want to – I mean, he has personality. There's – I mean – 
if you work in his building, you're going to get a hassle from him all the time. Yep. He knows everybody's name. It's not see, and Bill Bill walks by people right. in the building. Right, he he wouldn't even acknowledge people in the building. Players mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. wouldn't even acknowledge him. So yeah, and Mike is different than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Very Mike's got so. that curmudgeonly personality. Oh, he totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's he is positively grumpy it, doing his. It takes one to know one, by the way. So well, I was going to say, well, but after we would win a game, it was harder to do his Monday night coaches show with him than after losing because he didn't want to say too much. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to be because he is a he's crusty. Yeah, he's crusty. That's a good <laughs> description of him. But you have to. But he will tell you that's. That's him. Be who you are. Right. And, and the other guys, they all try to be him. I mean, Patricia's a perfect example. His, you know, it's freezing outside, and he's practicing outside when they have an indoor bubble. Why? Because he wants to try and be, toughen him up and be like him. You can't be like that. You've got to be who you are. I think Mike Vrabel does the best job of that. Of, of being, being himself? himself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, and with his staff as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, keeping the staff, to, you know, he didn't have a massive turnover. He didn't feel like he had to fire 18 people just to show how, right. you know. Yeah. He's, he's like, oh, we're, you know, we did okay. We could have done better. We had some things go wrong, and we'll fix it. Here's a question I had for you two. Go. Was, was LaFleur going to get fired if he stayed? No. no. Gosh, no. No? No. And this that, is, that was making its way through the league a little bit. No chance. I, I don't think any chance because where Matt impressed Mike, and, you know, Matt was not somebody who had any tie to Mike. Right. Uh, he was going to hire Sean Day yes, from, from Ohio, Ohio State. State. And when that didn't work out, they looked at a couple other things. And then LaFleur had impressed ownership and John Robinson so much in the process that they said, would you look at this guy? And Mike said, well, I don't know Matt LaFleur, but I'll definitely check in. And the references checked out. They got together and they liked one another. Mm-hmm. And, and what was really impressive is Matt – is like Mike. Mike has the Patriots' philosophy in that let's try to do what we need to do to win the game. Matt wasn't about I've got to throw for 400 yards. I mean, you know, Friday he loses one of his tackles and they're getting ready to play Houston and we have to bring a guy from the practice squad to block J.J. Watt and they put in the Wildcat for Derrick Henry. That's a Patriot type thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what Mike liked about Matt LaFleur. Right now, he was ready to. Matt Lafleur looked at times like he had aged ten years. He loses his tight end, he loses right. tackles, his quarterbacks mm-hmm. hurt. But what impressed everybody in the building about him was he just kept sort of finding ways to. He could MacGyver anything out was. of that yeah. offense. Yeah, we. I mean, like when they beat uh, was it Houston early in the yeah. season? Yeah, that was. Yeah, it should have never happened. See and. and but that, that's a rumor that was going around. That's why I wanted to ask somebody who would know that. Oh, I didn't. Oh. I, yeah, yeah, no, I, heard I that never got that oh, impression no. at all. No, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the impression was that he had done a really nice job with sort of a mess. And that the team, I mean, that was a ball club that, by all rights, had no business being within a touchdown of the playoffs in the fourth quarter of the last game of the season. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I mean, and for – that whole coaching staff, for it to be the first year that they're together, uh, Matt LaFleur's new at what he's doing right. and calling plays, all of that. Then within the first three weeks of the season, you lose your top tight end. You, your quarterback, number one offensive player. Yeah, your quarterback goes down. You're, you have a wide receiver quit. 
you have both, both your tackles. Yeah, are out. both out. tackles yeah. are out. It was just a laundry list of crazy things that happened, and they just kept going and kept yeah. going. And no matter what hit them, they could adjust. It they was always play tough. They're tough. Mm -hmm. Matt Lafleur is really going to be a good head coach. I'm, I'm curious. I can't wait to see it because Aaron Rodgers can be tough to work with. Well, and Matt Lafleur can be tough, which is why I think it's going to work. I think their relationship is going to be very positive from the standpoint that I think they're going to challenge one another. But in the end, I think he's going to give, and I'll see if Amy agrees, I think he's going to give Aaron Rodgers what he what he needs and what he – I think he will listen to him. I don't think he's going to cave in to him. I think he's going to meet him in the middle. Yep, I absolutely agree with you. I think that they are going to be a good collaboration. I think that he – Matt LaFleur does a really good job of – listening to players' input, taking what they have to say, but he's also not afraid to stand up to them. He's also not afraid to hold his ground a little bit. See, and Rodgers needs that. Yeah. Rodgers needs that in the worst way. And Mike McCarthy and Rodgers had that relationship for a long time, and it kind of frayed at the end. And Where Rogers, do you think it went wrong? Well, they wouldn't change with the times. And, and I didn't know this. They ran – ISO routes. They don't run bunches and picks and jet sweep motion. It's a very predictable offense. It has been for a long time. When you have the receivers outside, it can win. It can work. If you don't have the receivers outside, it can win. It can't. But Greg Jennings told me at the Super Bowl, I had never heard this before, that the reason they don't do all the bunches and picks and rubs is because Rodgers doesn't like it. He likes to come to the line of scrimmage and have two guys over there and one guy over there and just try and identify and go from there. He doesn't he doesn't like it, so that's why they didn't do it. I never knew that, which is interesting because that means he's stubborn and he wants things his way. So it'll be interesting to see if LaFleur can kind of get some of that out of him. He'll work it. Yeah, I think so. But can you I'm, – I'm asking more because I don't know. Can you cater an offense that much to a quarterback? I mean, there's some things that you just have to adjust yeah, to, correct? Yeah, you can. But I think the way the game is played nowadays – you have to have all those formations and bunches and picks and rubs and, and put the pressure on the defense. If it's just two over here, one over here, and these guys run their ISO routes, and no picks or no crossings or nothing, it's easy to defend. Yeah, I mean, after a while, I could pick that out. And, and that's why Rodgers, you see him a lot of times, he gets in back in the pocket and all of a sudden he's getting out of there and some of his best plays are made creatively outside the pocket because he doesn't. nobody gets open. So he's got to go creatively get outside the pocket. Pete Prisco, what happened in Jacksonville last year? They read their press clippings. They got full of themselves. Ego got in the way. They got a lot of uh, cocky guys in there that influenced a lot of bad guys in the wrong direction. There are other guys in the wrong direction. It just fell apart. And, um, you know, certain guys in there that they should have been listening to, they didn't listen to, like Calais Campbell, and they listened to other guys. Leonard Fournette didn't put the work in. Uh, was late for rehab sessions, um, didn't get in shape, didn't understand the playbook. Uh, and then you had other guys following him. On the defensive side of the ball, you had other veterans like Telvin Smith, I've heard, uh, kind of leading guys in the wrong direction, and it just fell apart. And when, you know, people think the defense was bad last year. They were still in the top ten. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But they weren't as dominant. Right. They didn't take the ball away. They didn't get sacks. And when it started bleeding over from an offense that had so many injuries, look, if you play and Bortles has to win a game for you, you're not winning. If he can manage the game, you would have won, which is what they did the year before. But they lost the left tackle early in the season. They lost the left guard middle of the season. They lost the center at the end of the season. They lost the right tackle with missed time. 
the lost down three running. Fournette missed a ton of time, starting with week one when he got hurt and he wasn't in shape. They lost Grant, who became a weapon in the passing game. Um, so they had Marquise Lee got hurt in training camp. Didn't play at they, all. Their yeah. tight ends, they were down to two guys they picked up off the scrap heap. They had no weapons, and when Burnett, and when Bortles is put in that situation, no chance to succeed. And then he started complaining. He started seeing guys bitching and moaning about things. What do they have to do to get back on track? they got to learn to play offense with the times. You can't just line up and play power football anymore. You just can't. they got to throw the football. So whether that means Nick Foles, I probably wouldn't do that. I'd probably draft a quarterback, but I think they might go in that direction. Uh, then you got to build the offense around them. They're still going to be really good on defense. Sure. They're going to get rid of guys. Now Malik Jackson's gone. I think Deshaun Gibson might be gone for cap reasons. Um, you know, Carlos Hyde was a bad move. He'll be gone. But they still have talent on defense with Ngakwe and Ramsey and Boye oh, yeah. and Jack. And so I think they'll be fine on defense. They just got to get the offense going. If they do, that they'll be in the mix again in the division. All those teams can win that division, all of them. Yeah. If they get a quarterback, Jacksonville. Who, who fits Bortles? What does he do? He's a backup the rest of his career. You think so? Yeah, I do. Wow. And I like the kid. I li- in fact, I love the kid. He's a great kid, but I think he's a backup. I think. See, he and he may have a nice career as a backup because in a three to four game stretch, he's exactly what you want. What happened last year, and it's been a problem for him for a long time, is when things go bad, he goes off the ledge. There's no getting him back from it. You know, the, the great quarterbacks have bad moments, and then they get back up and they, they regroup, right. whether it's a bad game or a bad half or whatever. He can't get away from it. He just he goes way off the ledge, and that's what happened last year for him. Could talk to you all day. <laughs> that's true. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. The man who owns Twitter right here. That's right. No if ch- I don't say so myself. <laughs> no chicken on pizza? <laughs> no. No. No, no. That was – who was that? Jim Trotter. I don't know. It you, was Jim Trotter. I go, Jim, you can't put chick, chicken on pizza. It just doesn't go. And then what did you tell <laughs> Florio that he probably cried? He at, cried in, um, at the end of at, A Star is Born? Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> did you see it? Did I you cry? I haven't seen the movie, no. Did you? I haven't, seen, I haven't been to a movie. My, Mike doesn't I don't go cry. To a, I don't go to a movie either. But my wife made me watch it the other day. Did you cry at the end of no. it? No. I didn't think so. No. <laughs> there are certain things you can get emotional about, but not that. Pete Prisco, thank you for your time on the OT. You got it, guys.